took him out. Uh, we went about an hour north of where I live on the coast. And he just jumped out of my car and just started running around and exploring everything. So I kind of knew at that point, this was a very adaptable cat to new environments. From there on, I just started taking him on my longer trips in my RV. I think the first one was a three-day trip, and then it went to two weeks. I think the longest we've been out is three weeks. So he just, whenever we go somewhere new, he wants to check it out and sniff everything and explore everything. And Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the Cat Explorer Podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. We've got an exciting chat for you today, but before we jump in, we would like to know how you're listening to the Cat Explorer Podcast. Perhaps you're commuting to work, or walking your cat, or relaxing at home with a cup of tea. Take a photo or a video of what you're doing, upload it to your Instagram stories, tag us at catexplorer.community and our amazing guest at Maverick Tux, and we'll reshare in our stories. This episode is brought to you by the new Wee Kitty Eco Plant Litter. The new Wee Kitty Eco Plant by Rufus & Coco is made from sustainable and naturally absorbent wheat and soy fibres. It's the natural litter for cats who care and the humans who love them. Reduce your carbon paw print and make the switch. Head to www.weekitty.com to find a store near you and for your chance to win a year's supply of kitty litter. Today's review is from the wonderful Heidi DT. Super informative and cute. I discovered this podcast a little while ago on social media. I've only been a cat mom for a while and have never had cats before, so had no idea that it's even possible to explore the world with them. This podcast is really inspiring to me as it is opening up my world to so many possibilities. It also gives a lot of helpful information being someone that is right at the start of cat exploring and has a lot of questions and doubts. Thank you so much for the work you do. And Heidi, thank you so much for such a lovely review. We really do appreciate it. It would mean the world to us if everyone could leave a review for the Cat Explorer podcast. What we'll do is we'll include a link in the episode description so you can find out just how you do that. Thank you so much. If you're like us, you probably fantasize about getting an RV, fitting it out, traveling with your cat. I think RVing with your cat comes with its perks, but there's also things you need to do to prepare. So we're really excited to chat to Barbara today because she goes RVing with her cat, Maverick. Welcome to the podcast, Barbara. Hi. How are you guys? Yeah, we're going great. We'd love to hear a little bit about Maverick. How did he come into your life? So I got Maverick in September of 2016. He was at a cat rescue place locally here in California. And I had had cats previously um, and hadn't had a cat for about six months. And I was really missing having a cat in my life. So I started looking for a cat at rescues. And the foster place, the owner of the foster place, she told me about Maverick, whose name was Wyatt at the time, and mentioned that he might be a good match for me based on what I wrote when I applied for um, adopting a cat at the rescue place. And so he was being fostered four or five blocks for me. It was kind of very close by. So I went over to the foster moms 
and met Maverick, who was a little kind of off-putting at first. He he was very shy. But after about 20, 30 minutes of me being there, he really started getting very affectionate and friendly and very playful. And there was just something about him where I was kind of like, yeah, I think I like this cat. So the lady um, told me to take him home for a few days and see if it was a good match. And within an hour of him being at my house, it was it was all set in stone that he was going to be my cat. He was just, um, I don't know, we just clicked right away. So then I was trying to figure out what to name him. I asked them if he was very attached to the name Wyatt, and they said no. So I started reading outlaw names. For some reason, I, I wanted an outlaw name like Bandit or something. <laughs> and uh, I went through the list and... When I said Maverick out loud, he meowed at me. It was the only name he meowed to. Like, I was reading through the list. And so it stuck. He became Maverick. And he's been my cat since. He was about six months old when I got him. That's such a cute story, especially how he chose his name. Yeah. So (laughs) you talked about Maverick being playful, and you say, you know, you're looking at bandit names. Can you tell us a little bit more about his personality and what it's like? He is... Very much a cat that needs to be an outdoor cat to some extent. He cannot stay cooped in inside. He wants to be outside. He wants to run after things and climb up trees and explore. It's it's very much in his nature to do so. But at the same time, he's also the lap cat. So at night, uh, he always comes in at night. I don't let him outside at night. He always lays in my lap and just needs to snuggle with me, sleeps with me in my bed. He uh, curls up next to me or between my legs. He just needs that human contact as well. So it's it's kind of great because I have the the cat who wants to explore and go on adventures. And then I have the cat who wants to be cute at home, cuddly with you, which to me is the best of both worlds. Yeah, it definitely is. So then what kind of cat exploring do you do with Maverick? I take him on all my trips. That's actually one of the things that I wanted um, was a cat that could go on trips and would be okay in an RV. And his personality just really worked for that. The first time I took him out, uh, we went about an hour north of where I live um, on the coast. And he just jumped out of my car and just started running around and exploring everything. Um, So I kind of knew at that point this was a very adaptable cat to new environments or adaptive, I think would be the better word. And so from there on, I just started taking him on my longer trips in my RV. I think the first one was a three-day trip, and then it went to two weeks. I think the longest we've been out is three weeks. Yeah, so he just, whenever we go somewhere new, he wants to check it out and sniff everything and explore everything. And um, he adapted to a leash very quickly. So you mentioned the leash. How did you train him with the leash? I literally put a harness on him when I first got him to get used to the harness, which actually now has his tags and bell and everything on him on it. He doesn't wear a regular collar. He just has a harness. Um, it's a H style harness that has the, the, the two loops with the two bands between. And the first time I put a leash on, he kind of looked at me weird and, and plopped down like most cats do. But then he started to walk and he saw that he could just walk with me on the leash. And he, it wasn't really that long. I I didn't have to do much training with him. So you didn't have to use anything like treats or um, I suppose play. He just kind of just knew that he could walk in it. He, 
he I did not need to new, use any treats or anything. He he really just I think for him being outside and walking was more important than anything. So he just kind of went along with it. I'm not sure he loved it at first, but he didn't mind it so much. And after I think the third time I put it on him, it was as if it was normal. That's so awesome. It's so awesome that he adjusted so quickly. So then you guys do, like you just mentioned, you do so much RVing together. What is life like when you RV with a cat? Is it any different to RVing without a cat? It is somewhat different in that I do have to take him in consideration of where I go or where I can take him. And I have to make sure he's comfortable. So that entails um, not going to very dog heavy or very populated areas because that's too much stimulus for Maverick specifically. I think for other cats, maybe that's okay, but he shies away from very loud noises and, and populated things. Um, probably because he was a rescue and um, from how he was born, I'm assuming. But other than that, I just have food for him in the RV. I make sure that he's comfortable. I make sure the temperature is good for him. And I have to take stops a few more times than normal just to make sure that either he and both him and I can move around a little bit, get out of that driving mode he doesn't like the driving part so much I should be honest with that he has to sit on my lap while I'm driving he does not like being in his carrier strapped in Um, I think anytime it moves he just jumps on my lap for security so I have to adapt to that when I'm driving as well that he's there and that he is secure that's understandable so just out of curiosity, what does he do to show that he's not happy in the car? Oh, he's very vocal. <laughs> <laughs> he, he meows. He gets like in my face meowing. Um, if he has to go to the bathroom, he he usually rests very comfortably. He has learned how to sleep in my lap in every possible position. <laughs> Even with his head like off my knees and looks like he's going to fall off. But he's completely like like stationary and good but when he needs to go to the bathroom or if he needs a break he gets very vocal he starts to get up he gets very fidgety and he will just meow at me very aggressively so that's when I know we need to stop we need to take a break I need to take him out um so yeah I stop a little more frequently with him I am about every two hours three is kind of the max so then with the places you stop at, what sort of places would you stop at and where would, what sort of places would you visit? Because you mentioned the places that you don't uh, go to. If it's a populated place where I want to see something, I'll leave him inside the RV. And he's completely comfortable with that. He has many places amongst the RV, inside the RV that have he has made kind of his normal spots. His sink is the ba- uh, the not the bathroom, the kitchen sink is one of his favorite spots. He just curls up in it. Um, if I'm in a place that doesn't have a lot of people, um, I've stopped at rest stops and taken him for walks. I have stopped um, in woodsy areas, next to beaches, um, just a variety of places. That's awesome that he's so comfortable staying in the RV by himself. Is there anything that you've done to make the RV more cat friendly? I used to carry a really big tall scratching post in the RV but he never used it so I kind of took that out because an RV space is really small so anything you can take out is better than putting it in 
I have some of his toys inside. I have his cat bed inside. And I um, have two fans inside that are ceiling fans that that go both directions. So I have one set that it sucks air in and the other one that it um, spits it out. So I get this cross draft going in the RV. So that keeps the RV really cool and, and keeps airflow going really well so that he never gets stuffy or hot inside. Was the ventilation a custom uh, modification or was that part of the RV design? It did already have the two vents. I just added the fact that there was a fan. Uh, there's multiple brands that you can buy for RVs and, and vans that do that. And so I just upgraded. Okay. But pretty much you've set it up like your home where you've got kitty litter, you've got food, you've got you know safe spaces for him. Pretty much. So I don't have to do kitty litter. I toilet trained, uh, toilet trained Maverick when I got him. So he uses okay, so, the toilet. <laughs> so let's dive into that. How did you do that? So I heard about this kit called City Kitty um, that was on Shark Tank, which is a popular show here in the United States. A friend of mine told me about it, that they trained their cat with it, and I did not want a litter box anymore. So I figured I would try it. And it's only like 20, 30 bucks here, 20, 30 US dollars. And so I ordered it and I tried it out and he just learned really quickly. I think he's just a really smart cat or he just really goes along with the flow. I don't know. But you put it on your toilet. It's this like insert that you put on on the bowl part of your toilet and you put litter in it. And then you put the toilet seat on top of it. And so they learn to jump up on the toilet. And then it has these little holes in it that get like bigger and bigger. And so you just... Um, they're already like pre-corrugated, so you just have to like push them through. So you start with a little hole and then it gets bigger. And, and they tell you like to try it for a week and then make it bigger. I think I did about every two weeks with him. And he had like one or two accidents during the training pro program, which took about a month and a half. And by the end, they learned to jump on the seat and hover their butt over the middle and just do their business. And then you come home where you find out later and you flush the toilet. It's really easy. <laughs> no <really> litter. Awesome. <laughs> None of that cleaning up. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's we've considered doing it too. It's just Lumos is already a little challenged in the bathroom <laughs> in the kitty litter. So we've, we're like, we feel like he'd get really cranky with us. But yeah, we feel like they're probably set in their ways, unfortunately. Yeah, they say to do it when they're really young. The younger, the better, because they get used to it quicker. Uh, Maverick was six months, so he adapted fairly quick. Um, but I hear some cats do resist it, like they just will not jump up there and do it. But I think it's worth trying for, for the cost of, of the City Kitty training box. It's not that bad, and if your cat resists, then okay, you tried, but... I think there's a 50-50 chance it'll work. Did you have much uh, heartache or problems training Maverick during that time, or was it a pretty smooth process? Overall, it was pretty smooth. He had two accidents uh, the first few weeks, that, I think week one and three. From there on, it was fine. Uh, the RV toilet was a little challenging for him. It's smaller than a regular toilet. So the first time he went in the RV, he kind of missed the middle and, and just got it on the seat, but it was easy to clean. And then one time I forgot to leave the RV bathroom door open with the toilet seat up, which is what I do when I leave him in the RV. I, I open the door and I leave the seat up. 
And one time I forgot, I was in Portland on a road trip and I had been around downtown Oakland for uh, Portland for about five hours. And I opened the RV door and you can just smell the urine smell. And I like look at where the bathroom door is and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I left it closed. <laughs> I forgot to open it. <laughs> and poor Maverick is just on the kitchen counter. He's looking at me like with sad, sad eyes and very pungent smell. And so I start sniffing the floor trying to figure out where he peed and I can't find it. And it just smells worse towards the back. So I walk to the back where the kitchen is and he peed in the sink. My cat is so smart that he found <laughs> the second best place to pee in the RV. And so I just had to flush out the sink and clean it and smell gone. It was amazing. <laughs> That's kind of the kind of accident you want to happen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the best of the worst situations. Exactly. And he looked so tormented as if like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I peed here. And I'm, I'm giving him like treats like, yeah, you did so good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah. you've mentioned that um, you sometimes leave Maverick in the RV by himself. And a question we often get asked by cat explorers who want to start RVing is how long should they leave their cat in the RV by themselves? Do you have any conditions or formulas or anything that you follow to about leaving him in the RV by himself? In general, I try not to leave him too long. If I'm in a place where it's cool enough, it helps because then I could leave him longer if I need to. Um, the main concern is heat and the temperature inside the vehicle. With the fan system, I can keep it fairly regulated and cool even in summer or warm months here. But I also want to make sure that he doesn't feel cooped up because it is a small space. So generally about every three to four hours, I try to go back and, and give him time to run around. There has been sometimes at night where I have left longer but I also have uh, security cameras in my RV that show the temperature inside the RV through the app on your phone. So I can get notifications if like the temperature gets too warm inside. Um, I can also turn the cameras on and check on him to make sure he's doing okay. So there's a lot of things that I've added like that to make it so that I can see how he's doing and make sure the temperature is good. Is that a particular app or is there a... Um particular brand yeah. or something that um, people can use there? I used uh, a Blink camera system, B-I-L-I-N-K, and it's five cameras and a sync box, and then it works through internet, and I have a, an internet um, um, a portable Wi-Fi system on my RV as well, so it syncs to that um, to connect all the cameras, and then the app that come you download the app that goes with the cameras, and then you set them all up and they work really good, except at night when it's dark. They don't work great at night. They do have a night version now, though. I just haven't invested in it yet. Okay. That sounds like it's amazing. It's so cool what we can do with technology now. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. So, like, paint the picture for me. So you get to a location that you're going to, I suppose, stop with the RV. What do you normally do? What's, like, the first thing you do? And does Maverick, do you have any routines that you follow with Maverick? First thing that I do is I make sure that wherever I stop is safe for him to go outside before I let him outside. He always rushes to the door right away. So I have to hold him back and, and go out 
or I'll go out from the cab, from the from the driver's seat out first, just to check the surroundings. Um, if it looks like it's a good place, then I'll let him out. First, I um, put the leash on him, obviously, and, and let him out. And I'll walk him around. And we'll do our little routine walking around. Eventually, if I feel like it's a good place, I can tie him down to something. So I have a longer leash where I like tie him to either the outside of the RV or to the door. And I just let him have some fun on his long, long leash while I'm cooking or things like that. And I'll check on him every so often to make sure everything's good. Yeah, that makes sense. So how do you decide if a location is safe? Like, is there anything that you, like, I have a list of things that I kind of do, I suppose, intuitively now, but is there anything that you think about? Um, mainly population. Is it very populated? If it's very populated, I, I can't just leave him attached. He'll freak out or he'll jump back in the RV. The RV is like his safe zone. So if he ever feels unsafe, he right away jumps in. Um, but if it's really populated, then I won't leave him tied, you know, by himself. I, I will only walk him on the leash and then bring him back in. Um, and I'll sometimes leave the door open, but the screen closed so he can still see outside if that's the situation. Um, <laughs> if it's um, a non-populated area, like if I'm in the forest area or somewhere open where it's there's nobody around <laughs> or I can't hear anybody or see anybody, I'll give him more freedom um, to explore on his own. So with these locations and with, with an RV, is there anything special or different you need to do? Like, are you looking for powered sites or like sites with water? Do you need those uh, as criteria as well? And then having to find somewhere which is cat friendly or not necessarily a dog friendly location? I So there's two types of RVing. There's the people who go to RV parks or um, campgrounds and they plug in or they get a site. And then there's the people who just find remote areas or places that they can overnight for a night while they're on the road that don't have any amenities. I'm the latter. I, I dry camp is what they call it, or boondocking. I carry 20 gallons of water with me. I have a black tank, a gray tank. Um, the black tank is your human waste, and the gray tank is like water waste, like your kitchen sink. Um, so I'm self-sufficient in the RV with everything. I don't need to plug in or, or, or any of that stuff. So I generally try to find more remote areas to overnight at, whether it's at a, um, in Cal, um, in America, we have BLM land Bureau of land management, which is money that all the taxpayers pay. For, uh, basically the money comes from taxpayers and so you are allowed to camp on BLM land for up to 14 days without a permit, I believe. So if you find any U.S. Forest Service area or BLM land, you basically can stay. So you can find little roads or dirt roads or places off the main roads and kind of find an area where you can stop. That's one thing that you can do. Some states are more RV friendly than others. California, it's kind of harder to find places to overnight, but Oregon and Washington have a lot of places you can just stop and stay. I'm not quite sure if that answers your question fully, but yeah, it does. It does. It, it, it for me, it, it's kind of like Rich and Willow from Van Cat Meow. Mm -hmm. 
they kind of find places in nature to stay. It's kind of the same for me. I, I try to find places like that. Every so yeah. often I am stuck in a city or, or something like that where I don't have that ability to stay remote. And if I do that, I try to find a really quiet street or a dead end street or a street next to a park, something where we can still go for a walk and get outside so that he doesn't feel cooped up. That's mainly what I do. That makes sense. So the BL, BLM, am I saying that right? Yes. The, yeah. That land, is that normally cat friendly? Do they have any like rules in terms of what animals can go on that land? To my knowledge, it's 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 open area and there are no rules. I could be wrong. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> I mean, for example, like national parks, you have to have your pets on leashes and they only can be on the campgrounds. You can't just or on the trails. You can't just let them roam for free. But I believe in BLM land and forest land, it's a little more open. You just have to make sure that there's no crazy wildlife that they're disturbing. And I have worried about bears in, in one place that I stayed in. So I was a little more skeptical of, of letting him out. Yeah, that makes sense. The only reason I ask is like, like we sometimes go on road trips and I'd be like, oh, this is a really nice spot. It would be amazing if we had an RV and we could stop here. And then I turn around or look at the map and I realize it's a national park. And in Australia, cats aren't allowed in national parks. At all. Wilderness. Yeah, at all. So um, because I often wonder what it would be like if we were to do an RV. And I think we would find it like I know Rich and Willow do it and they've got some great apps that they use to do it. But I think. We might struggle. <laughs> I always seem to pick that spot that I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. It's really nice. I'd love to stay here. And then, no, it's not cat friendly. <laughs> is it dog friendly and not cat friendly or it's both? Um, It depends. A lot of them are just dog friendly. They say that even if your cat's on a leash, it's not cat friendly because the local wildlife actually smell the cat and then it becomes makes them quite stressed so they might stop reproducing and have that kind of impact on the ecosystem yeah it's quite strict and those rules are there for a reason like we found out that a lot of the parks that we actually live near are actually wilderness reserves so we can't take our kitties there either so it's just doing a lot of research or being open to having to go to another park if you turn up and you see one of those signs well, that's our, that's been our experience anyway. I have not seen any place that I've been to yet that has a no cat rule. And generally, if dogs are allowed, they have to allow cats, I think, because otherwise there'd be a lot of lawsuits, I think, in the United States. You have to remember here, everybody sues everybody for anything, right? I mean, <laughs> I personally don't. But I would see cat owners if if cats were not allowed and dogs were there would be like this whole like well that's you know petism or something they come up with something <laughs> saying that it's not fair um there is an app called petlas like atlas but petlas p-a-t-l-a-s that's supposed to tell you where and you can and cannot take your pets or that where they show more pet friendly places versus not I just recently downloaded it, haven't used it much, but I kind of wonder if that would tell me. And there's also um, Bring Fido as well, which I know is quite com like quite often oh. used by our community as well. I think that one is quite popular in terms of finding accommodation and businesses, but I, I was having a browse yesterday. I think I saw a park on there, so there must be a few parks. So we've talked about some great experiences with, uh, with RVing with your cat. Have you had any scary experiences while you've been RVing or cat exploring? Ah, uh, yes. Two times now. 
both dog related, both not very good outcomes. <laughs> the first time we went on a road trip was in February 20, 2017. And I went to the central coast of California with Maverick. And it was our last day. And I was on our starting my route up north back to where I live. And we stopped in Morro Bay. And I saw this beautiful big beach. And I took him out on a leash on it. And we were on that beach for about an hour or two. That picture that you have on your Cat Explorer stories of Mav on the wood is taken there. And um, I was about to head back to the RV, and there was a small open area in the fence that you had to get in and out from the parking area to the beach. And I was on my way out towards that hole in the fence or, or gap in the fence that's intentionally there when a dog owner came in with two dogs right when I was about to go out and I saw that his dogs were off leash. So I warned him right away. And I said, I have a cat here on a leash. And he said, Oh, my dogs hate cats. And I said, then put them on a leash. And he didn't listen to me. So his one dog came and it was maybe a 20 pound dog. It wasn't a very big dog. And he saw Maverick and just went right for Maverick. And Maverick tried to run away, but he's on the leash, so he only got so far. And so that turned into a really ugly situation with Maverick getting very, you know, fighting, claws out. The dog owner just kind of stood there and did nothing. Um, I tried to grab Maverick, but when the claws are out, it's really hard to grab your cat that's going crazy. The dog finally backed up and his owner grabbed it. And I kind of ran off with Mav in the other direction. Um, the whole thing didn't last very long, maybe two, three minutes. But it seemed like an eternity when it happened. Um, so the dog owner moved away while well, he kept walking. And I got Maverick um, far from everybody. And he just started to calm down. So I picked him up. And I figured I was waiting for the path to get clear to get through that area in the fence. And when I saw that nobody was around, I grabbed him, I picked him up, and I walked really quickly through the fence. And right as I get through, a big truck drives up with a dog in the back. And right away, so Maverick is looking over my shoulder so he doesn't see the dog yet. And I, I yelled to the dog owner. I said, is the dog secure, like on a, you know, tied down? And the lady said, yes. And I said, good. <laughs> So I knew the dog could come after Mav. So I started walking towards my RV, which was to the right. And Mav then saw the dog over my shoulder as I turned to a corner. And he instantly freaked out again, even though the dog wasn't even close. Um, and he jumped on my head. So now I had all four of his paws and claws in my head. Like I had one in my front one on the side and two in the back. And he was just digging in his claws into my scalp and it just hurt so bad. So I just ran to my RV and opened the door and got in. And the minute I got in, he jumped off of me and, and hid under the bed. And I was bleeding from where he got me really badly. And he, um, so I got my first aid kit out and I started cleaning all my wounds and Poor Maverick just looked so distressed. And, and then I had to drive home that way. And my head just hurt so bad. So that was experience number one. So from there on, I was a lot more cautious about dog areas. 
And then um, this past January, I went on a cat hike with the local Bay Area Cat Adventure Club that we have here. And we there was like seven or eight cats. We were all off this uh, right next to a path with all these trees. And some of the cats were in the trees. And Maverick and I were just chilling outside. And this dog owner comes with two dogs off leash. These ones were really big dogs. So we warn him like he was way down the path and we're like, we have cats here. And the guy's like, Oh, my dogs won't do anything. And we're like, I'm, I'm kind of already prepared for map to freak out. So I'm, I kind of block his view, but I'm closest to the path. And I would have gone up the uh, hill, but it was all mud from the rain and I was slipping and sliding. Um, And lo and behold, the dogs come and I'm like trying to stop them to come near Nav, Maverick. And they kind of both go around me and flank my cat and Maverick freaked out again. And the dog owner didn't do anything again. So one of the cat owners pushed one of his dogs out of the way. And then the dog owner got mad that they, that he touched the dog. And he said, don't touch my dog. The cat owner, a friend of mine said, well, you're not doing anything. And he finally like grabbed his dogs and, and got away. Um, and I had like held Maverick down at this point. So I had um, claw marks in my, in my hands from that. And I started bleeding profusely and then I let go of his leash and he went up a tree about 50 feet and stayed up there for three hours. Wow. Yeah, those were my two really bad dog experiences. So now I bought a backpack so that if he is in that situation, I can grab him and put him in a backpack. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the backpack really helps in those situations. I think... um... Yeah. Like our hope is one of the big things that we're trying to do is we're trying to raise awareness of cat exploring and try and educate dog owners to be conscious of cats. And like cats aren't the only other animals that go exploring. Like we've bumped into ferrets. We've seen like people have told me about turtles that they've seen while they've been out and about. One person saw a lizard on a harness as well. So I've seen a rooster. A rooster. A rooster. Yeah, someone travels with their pet rooster. That's really cool. See, like, there's all these animals out there that it would really help if dog owners kept their dogs on leash where it says that they should be on leash. Exactly. Or um, helped us in terms of, in those situations, just pull your dog away if you can. Like, it's, um, it just really helps. Hi everyone, Hazara here. I'm just jumping in um, because we recorded this episode with Barbara back in August 2019. And since we recorded that episode, we not only recorded but also released an episode where we talked about all the things that you could say when you are in situations like this where you're interacting with dog owners who might not understand the situation you're in with your cat. So if you have concerns about that, I really do recommend you go listen to that episode. So it's called What to Say When People Aren't Nice to You About Cat Exploring with Amanda Semenoff. So all you need to do is just scroll through your podcasting app and um, under Cat Explorer Podcast and you'll see it there or you can see it on our website as well. And I'll also include a link to it in the show notes for this one. And now back to our chat with Barbara. I don't know whether like you had this experience like I find and Daniel always teases me about this because one of the things we say is that when you have a situation like that, you need to stay calm. Right. I- do not stay calm. <laughs> Daniel's like, you need to calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Is that something you struggle with as well? I stay fairly calm in that situation. Um, I think my struggle is, is I don't always know what to do. And this is the first cat I've had that 
does this exploring with me and, and, and does everything on a leash. So it's been a learning experience for me as well since, since I've had him, which has now been a little over three years. That first experience I wasn't prepared for. I had been on beaches with dogs prior to that, but the dogs kept their distance. Or if they came close, they only came like 20, 30 yards close. So it wasn't too bad. Maverick got a little poofy, but there was no confrontation. So I was not prepared for the confrontation part that first time. And it was a learning experience for, I think, both Maverick and myself that this is what can happen if you're not prepared. Now, from there on, I was much more cautious of where I take him and and dog proximity to him. Um, And then I avoided having problems due to that. With the cat hike that I was in in January, I just really didn't expect with eight cats there for an owner to be so laissez-faire about it and and just be like, oh, it's going to be okay. And, And I figured that I would be able to handle the situation better. And I did stay calm and I did handle it better. I did get Maverick to not go as crazy and I was kind of holding him down and sheltering him from the dogs, but I wasn't prepared enough with a backpack. And that's that what I learned from that one. So I did stay calm. It was more after the thing that's over when you start feeling the pain from the situation, Mm -hmm. in my case, the claw marks, that everything kind of dissolves for me because that's when I break down. (laughs) I'm good during the conflict, but then afterwards I have my like breakdown where I cry and go hysterical. Oh, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then if they get up in a tree, that's a problem too, because they have to get out and he did not want to get out of the tree. So how did you get him out of the tree? I had to call a tree service of all things. Yeah. Yeah, the, the and they climbed up a tree next to him. And then once they got his height, he kind of looked at him like, what are you doing here? And he started coming down the tree <laughs> <laughs> himself. Oh. And then um, we, there was, you know, eight cat owners there. So we all kind of helped. He still had his leash on him. So we were worried that the leash would get tangled in the branches, but luckily it didn't. Um, but yeah, that was a, a crazy situation. They uh, It cost me $350. Mm. I think um, because we did a discussion topic on climbing trees and everyone assumes that you call the fire department. That's what you see in the movies, right? But that's not what you're supposed to do. It's You're supposed to call the, I think they call the arbor, arborist, is that? Yeah, I might be butchering that. I'll put some links in t- in the show notes about that. But um, yeah, like if you Google them, there's some great ones. There's a also a really great Instagram account about these two guys that that's what they do in their spare time because that's oh, really? their full time <laughs> job. And in their spare time, they go around rescuing cats, and they've got some great footage of cats that are like up in a tree and how they rescue them. And they take a photo just before they bring the cat down, so you see this cat in a tree like. Some of them are just sitting there watching the world like it's a beautiful view. <laughs> yes. But Maverick, Maverick was pretty calm. He was just chilling up there. He didn't like freak out anymore. I will tell you one thing to bring with you in these situations is a blanket. If the cat falls, they can fall on the blanket. So there was four of us underneath the tree um, during the time that the, the, arbor, the, the tree climbers went up. It was one tree climber and the other guys were below. Um, but we held a blanket so that in case Maverick freaked out and fell, he would fall into the blanket. A pillowcase is also a great option because you can yeah. tuck them in. So like, I suppose you could get a pillowcase that's 
really, really big <laughs> and use it as both. <laughs> I think you call that a quilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the blanket always comes with me now. Um, I've been told by dog owners to have pepper spray with me because if a dog is coming at you, at me or at Maverick and the owner's not doing anything, I have every right to spray the dog or spray pepper spray in the air in front of it to get the dog to not come at me or my cat. And um, I carry wipes and a blanket. <laughs> it's like my list gets longer and longer now <laughs> with each experience. But that's what happens. So then how does Maverick often react afterwards? Like how, how about like in the hours afterwards and then also the next time that you go cat exploring? I've been lucky. He he seems okay afterwards. Um, he and I were both just a little shocked that day and he was very clingy to me for the rest of the day where he wanted to be in my lap at the whole, the whole time. Um, but from the next day, it seemed fine. We've gone on hikes and walks since and he's been fine. Um, I think the only thing is now when he sees a dog, it's right away not good. All dogs are evil now because of two dogs. That's understandable. I'd I'd be like that too if I if I had 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 that yeah. experience. It's a shame, but yeah, given the experiences and the circumstances, that's what it is. Yeah. So we're coming up towards the end of our podcast, and we're just going to jump into our fast four questions now. And the first question is: What is one piece of advice you'd give to new cat explorers? I suggest that they just go for it. Take a take them out, see how they do. Don't give up keep trying. If the cat adapts, take them on a bit of a longer journey out, maybe for a few hours somewhere close by. Um, find places that are cat friendly and not populated and bring the right supplies with you. Such great advice. What is the most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Maverick? I was at a Stonehenge replica in Washington state called Mary Hill. And I was walking Maverick way on the outskirts because there was these two big dogs in the middle. And one of the dog owners ended up yelling across the way to me and said, is that a cat there? And I said, yes, it is. And he said, why would you bring a cat here? And I said, why do you bring your dog here? And he said, dogs are normal. And I said, cats are normal. And he didn't like that. He said, my dog wants to eat your cat. And I said, well, then you should keep your dog in control, keep control of your dog. And then I think they finally got frustrated and they left. And once they left, I was able to bring Maverick inside Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was kind of funny that they think dogs are normal, but the cats are not normal. I think that's a common thought process, but I think it's also like people haven't really thought about it before as well so that's their that's how they respond is oh this isn't normal but then if they stopped and thought about it and realized why we do it right they kind of just go oh oh yeah okay generally people stop and are just impressed that my cat's walking and, and doing things and, and everyone gets like oh oh how cute you know those kind of comments I'm sure you get them too mm, yeah Oh, definitely. So talking about cute cat explorers, which cat explorers inspire you? You know, there is so many. I had trouble like narrowing it down. <laughs> um, but I did come up with a few. Bodhi.theadventurecat on Instagram. Wolf underscore the underscore catventurer. 
It's another one. Lewis underscore Clark underscore Explore Cats is another good one. And believe it or not, there is a Maverick the Adventure Cat, which I thought was funny because this cat is like a mini Maverick. And he lives in San Francisco, which is an hour from me. So they either stole my name or they need to meet because they're going to be lifelong buddies. I don't know. They need to meet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Meet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're both. But you said San Francisco, right? Yeah. The next Bay Area um, cat club hike. I know the, the both Mavericks need to, to go to that. There's also surfer cat Bav that lives in Southern California. And I feel like all three Mavericks need to be at one point. And have like a little Maverick convention. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. So what product, service, or program has been a game changer for Maverick? Um, mainly the cat backpack I got for him. Other than that, um, just, tr- you know, the normal stuff, treats and a good leash and a harness. So, Barbara, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a blast. Where can we find you and Maverick online? Well, thank you for having me. Uh, we are um, Maverick on Instagram is Maverick Tux, M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K-T-U-X. And he has his own cat traveling blog, I guess, <laughs> called MajesticMaverick.com. I, uh, obviously, I'm the one that's blogging. My cat isn't, you know, able to type. But I thought it'd be interesting to have the the travel blog be written from the cat's perspective to kind of separate it from other travel blogs out there. So it's kind of written from, you know, my human took me here and I got to see these cool kind of places and there's lots of pictures. Awesome. So what we'll do is we'll put those links and any other links from today's episode in the show notes, which are available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. Have you joined us in our Facebook community yet? It's called Cat Explorer Community. It's a place to share your wins help each other with our challenges and even organize Cat Explorer Hangouts. As always, thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world.